Okay, so you just have to bear with me. But it is again good to uh, be here with you all and uh, worshiping God together. We are going to be talking this morning really about our, I guess if you want to think about it this way, our, our attitude or mindset specifically about how we think about God's Word. That thing coming to life, fixing to. There we go. How we think about God's Word. And so, <clears throat> as we go through uh, all of this, really, I think the whole goal of, of this lesson is for us to, to examine ourselves and, and think about what is my mindset towards God's Word and the things in God's Word? And that's really going to be very important for us as Christians, right? Uh, to have the proper mindset. Uh, these first three verses here uh, are just kind of some things to start off with. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Psalms 119 and verse 2, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. And in verse 10, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And so, you know, really, having the proper mindset, having our, our attitude such that we hunger and thirst for righteousness... Uh, and and that we want His Word. We want to know everything we can about Him. Uh, we cherish His Word. Uh, we rely upon His Word. All of that is really uh, how a Christian's mind has to be, right? That That has to be our attitude towards God and His Word if we are going to be successful Christians and, and faithful to Him. <clears throat> the Bible is full of examples of people who did have that proper mindset and who did have that proper attitude about God's uh, teachings, His commandments, His words. Um, in Isaiah chapter 26, and verses 8 through 9, it says, In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the, in the night, my spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Okay, and so here you can see Isaiah's uh, mindset towards God, towards his judgments, um, and, and towards the righteousness that is revealed through those words. And, and most of this lesson is really going to look at David's mindset along these lines and how he thought about God, how he thought about God's words uh, and the importance of them. And, you know, I think everyone in here is a, a very good Bible student and understands uh, that, that the bar is set pretty high for us if we look at David's attitude towards God's word. And Psalms chapter 63 uh, verses 1 through 8, and there's going to be a lot of reading this morning, but I've got them all up on the overhead. And so 
Uh, Psalms 63, 1 through 8, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, and your right hand upholds me. And so... You know, of all the the passages that that we have in the book of Psalms uh, and the things that David wrote about God along these lines, this passage here to me really kind of packaged up what I'm trying to say in this lesson about what our mindset should be towards God. This is what our attitude needs to be. This is what we need to be working on developing and growing uh, this attitude towards God and towards his teachings. Uh, we've got, of, of all the Psalms, this one is, of course, the longest one, but it also is a, a chapter that is really all about how we think about God's Word, right? And what God's Word can do for a person. Uh, and so I've got... A good many verses that we're going to read out of Psalms 119, so just uh, bear with me as we read through this. But pay attention to all of the, the different attitudes that David has about God's commandments and his words and his teachings as we read through this. Uh, verses 19 and 20 says, I am a sojourner on earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Verse 31, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Verse 47, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Psalm 119.72, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I'm afraid of your judgments. Verses 127 through 129. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. And then verse 160. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. All right, so when you read through that, uh, and you see David's attitude towards God's word. You see how much he values them, right? And so uh, every time I read that chapter, it really gets me to thinking 
about questions like this that I need to ask myself, and I think they're good questions. We talked about this morning in in the class a little bit about examining ourselves, looking to ourselves, uh, and so this is how we can do that. Do, we can we can think about questions like this. Do we do we think about God's word in this way, the way David did? Do we delight in His commandments? Do we long for His teachings because we know they are good for us? Do we consider God's precepts and His commandments and His teachings our counselors? Is that where we go to for advice? Do we cling to His testimonies? Do we consider God's Word to be better than all the silver and gold in the world? Is, is God's Word more important to us than, than obtaining physical things? Do we think about His Word as being our heritage? That's what we will inherit. That The rewards that are found in God's Word are our heritage. Are they the joy of our heart? And do we have proper fear and respect for God's Word? Again, these are all attitudes or questions that we need to ask ourselves, right? Um, and, and examine ourselves with questions like this to see if my mind is like it should be in in relation to God's word. Okay. So some other things we can see in Psalms 119 besides how valuable God's words were to David uh, is really the why behind it, right? It's not just David saying, God's words are important to me. Uh, God's words are precious to me. We can also see why that is. Why did David value the words of God so much? Uh, And let's read verses 5 through 11 of 119. It says, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on your command, on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so... Uh, in this passage, we can see that, that one of the reasons that David placed this value on God's Word is because he realized what it could do for him, right? Uh, he realized how much good could come from it. Uh, it says he would not be put to shame by following those words. Uh, it would help to keep him pure, uh, and it would keep him from sinning against God. And so, again, these are just three of the reasons uh, why G- David valued God's word and and considered them so precious, you know, because he recognized what they could do for him. And in verse seventy one, it says, "It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes." And so, why would David think God's words were valuable enough that it was worth suffering some affliction over? You know, it was because, again, he understood that God's words 
are the best guide for us. They're really the only guide for us to get to heaven, right? They're the only way we can know how to be faithful to God, how to inherit salvation uh, that God has offered us. And so in verse 105, uh David said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 92, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. In verse 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. So again, three more verses, and these aren't all of them. If you read through 119, these aren't the only three verses that... that indicate David's realization of of, uh, the guide that God's Word uh, was for him and and is for us. Uh, But but this is some of the reasons behind his mindset about God's Word. This is why he considered them so valuable and so helpful. He knew that if you just follow those things that God had said, uh, this life will be good and the life after will be better. And so, you know, the, the affliction that he talks about uh, having to endure in this life, he realized uh, was worth it uh, because of the promises that were made to him about the life after, but, but also because of uh, the hope that it gives us in this life. If you read verses 143 through 151, it says, Trouble and anguish have found me out, But your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry. Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you. Save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord. According to your justice, give me life. They draw, they draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. So again, uh, another reason here that, that David considered God's words to be precious, the most valuable thing uh, in this world, uh, that a person could pursue and learn about and, and um, read and understand, is, this is one of the reasons why he considered them that way. Uh, it was hope in this life. Um, it helped him understand uh, the right paths to go, uh, and it helped to protect him from evil. <clears throat> All right, Psalm 119, starting in verse 169, says, Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you and deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Okay, so, you know, again, this is just another place where we can see 
how David or why David had the attitude he did. He was totally reliant upon God's word, right? He totally counted on God's promises to come true. He totally counted on God to take care of him and deliver him in times of trouble. Uh, the, the book of Psalms is full of Psalms that talk about how David was in trouble. He was surrounded by his enemies. Uh, they were pressing in, but God delivered him. You know, there, there's psalm after psalm that talk about that. And, you know, his precepts and his teachings, his laws are David's delight. And he says, let your rules help me. So how, as we examine ourselves, do we view God's word in that light? That are God's teachings and commandments to us, do we view them as restrictions or do we view them as things that are helpful for us? Uh, and, you know, I think as we mature as Christians, we begin to realize that God's rules are really our help, right? They're not restrictions for us. God's not uh, being a mean God, keeping us from things that we want to do. His commandments are for our good. They are our help. The things that he tells us to stay away from are for our good. The things he tells us to pursue and to be doing are for our good, right? Uh, and, and I think that that, you know, is the attitude that David had matured to and that, that David had about God's Word. And again, that's the attitude that we uh, have to mature towards and develop uh, within ourselves. <clears throat> All right. The New Testament has a good many passages that talk about this same attitude that we see that we've been reading about in Psalms uh, during this lesson. So if you turn to Matthew chapter 7, again, this is Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks to the one who knocks it will be opened or which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a servant if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him all right this passage, is, is it really just talking about physical things or is it more than that? It's more than that, right? It's spiritual things that, that Jesus is really getting at here. It's knowledge, it's understanding, it's the seeing the right paths to follow in life. Those are the types of things that, that Jesus is, is really getting at here. And, and what he's saying is God freely gives that information. Uh, we have it in his word. We also can go to God in prayer and ask for wisdom, ask for understanding uh, about the right ways to go. It's available to us as his children, and we're supposed to use that, and we're supposed to rely on that uh, as a, a way to make it through this life uh, as a successful Christian. <clears throat> and, and that last part there in verse 10 it's basically Jesus saying he's not going to give us something we don't need, right? He's going to give us good things, uh, the right answers, the right ways, if we will only seek him and ask him and consult him and, and his words uh, for those answers. 
Matthew chapter 7, a little bit later in the Sermon on the Mount, we have a choice. Uh, When we go to God's words and we see His commandments, when we read what we're supposed to be doing or what we're not supposed to be doing, when we uh, see paths in our lives that we could go this direction or that direction and we have a choice to decide, um, this passage comes to mind. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Okay, and so you take this passage and you think back to all of that that we read in the Psalms about David's attitude towards God's word, towards his commandments and teachings and precepts. And and which, which of these persons was David? He was the one who had built his house on the rock, right? Over and over again, those passages we read, David talked about, I keep your precepts, I remember your laws. He valued those teachings, relied upon them, and applied them in his life. Um, And so, you know, his house was built upon a rock when he did those things. Um, The times that we have recorded when he did not do those things, um, we see more of a house built upon sand, right? We see things in his life that begin to crumble and and go downhill and go the direction that that he did not want them to go. And and it was rooted in the fact that he had not kept those commandments. He had not kept those precepts like he he should have and uh, like he knew he needed to do. And so, you know, that that is really... uh, a good illustration to me of, of the importance of valuing those words and and applying them in our lives. Uh, in First Peter chapter two, uh, verses two through three, uh, Peter just in those two verses really sums up uh, what our attitude or thoughts should be about God's word. It says, "Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk." that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. All right, so we babysat the Lewis kids a couple nights ago. Uh, One of them is somewhat of a newborn infant, and I don't know what that infant was longing for, but it was longing for something. (laughs) And, And we didn't have it at the moment, right? So... Uh, I can tell you, newborn infants, when they long for something, they're going to keep after it until they get what they need. And so um, that should be our attitude as Christians, right? We should long for God's Word. And I, and I feel like we can see that in what we were reading in, in Psalms 119, how much David longed for God's Word. It's almost like he would starve to death or be lost without it. Right, and, and that's how we need to be. That's what our attitude and thoughts should be. If if we don't have God's word, what what am I going to do? How am I going to know which way to go? How am I going to know what to do? Um, and and so again, we have to 
love and cherish God's words. We have to rely on it. Uh, we have to desire to know all we can about it. And, of course, we have to follow it. And, and like I was saying earlier with David, you know, the times when he did that, his house was built on a rock. The times when he did not do that, his house seemed to be built on sand. And, and the same will be true for us in this life. If we'll, if we'll do these things, if we'll have these attitudes about God's Word and, and put them into application in our lives, live by them just as we have to have food, we have to have that Word, uh, then our house will be built on the rock. And so that's really all I have. and got through a little bit early on that, but if you want to turn to number 287 is the song we're about to sing as an invitation song. And it talks about uh, this free fountain uh, that, that has these living waters available for us. And, and the song is really uh, describing salvation that has been offered to us. And it's using the, the terminology about uh, a stream of life that comes from the way Jesus talked about it. Fountains of life, springs of life, uh, that is how Jesus viewed and described the promise of salvation that God has offered us. And so, as we sing this song this morning, um, we need to think about how we've been living and think about have we been being faithful to God, and if not, we need uh, to to consider that and repent of the things that we've been doing wrong and make those changes. Uh, if there's anyone here who's never become a Christian and, and wants to taste uh, this gift of salvation that God has given us and be a, a participant in that, then we certainly offer that opportunity uh, here this morning as we stand and sing. Number 287. There's a fountain free, 